Welcome back to another fabulous episode of Colony Confidential. Taking a couple of questions today, but I want to start with something. There's been a lot of rumors. The rumor mill has been running amok with all these mergers and acquisitions. Yeah. I want to say in the next 15 days or less, one of the larger acquisitions in the Northeast is going to take place. The rumor mill has been running crazy about it. And let's just say what everybody's thinking is what it appears is going to happen. With all mergers and acquisitions, especially in our own backyard, we should see an increase in business in, I would say, early 2019 once this merger is complete and okay. the company that bought it can't hold on to everything that it bought. Many of you know, and plenty of sellers can attest to this, the buyers probably would never say this is true, but a lot of these large corporations lose at a bare minimum 10%. Yes, that's true. When you're talking about a 30 to $50 million business in your own backyard, and you're talking about 10% of that, that's a lot of fuzzles to go around for uh, us, us smaller companies such as myself. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, that's going down in the next month or so. I would say by the time November end, you'll okay. see it. So here we go. Here's a question. I am barely meeting my goal for 2018. While I am satisfied... With my operation this year, I want to know what you would suggest for me to really kill it in 2019. I have three managers and 33 technicians. Well, I would look at why didn't you make your goal? Why didn't you make the goal? What did you do? Oh, I did everything right. Well, then there's something you left out. I would lean on the managers. Maybe gave them some incentive where they could get a percentage of anything they increase. I'd also call in everybody and tell them, you know, you, I would give them a commission on any new jobs they brought in. Maybe pump them up, do a nice Christmas party, or end of the year party or something. Something's missing. Are you making them feel part of the company? I mean, you've done something right to get the 33 guys. What did you do right? What did you do wrong? Because we all do things wrong. To me, I would lean on the managers. They're the ones that are supposed to reach the goal. And once you tell them, okay, we didn't make the goal, but I'm satisfied, not a good idea. I don't think that you should tell your team that, but I think it's good that this person is satisfied. Although, personally, I don't think you should be satisfied if you didn't hit your goals, unless there's some catastrophic reason. Let me tell you, yeah, yeah. You know, you hit your goal, but you're never satisfied because you always set the goal higher. <laughs> so we got the whole goal this year. I wouldn't say you're satisfied. That's okay. Now we got another goal. I mean, you know, people that work for you always think they're going to get more money, and hopefully they will. But in order to do that, we've got to generate more money. So maybe it's time for a pep talk or something saying we did okay, not we didn't. Well, just say, look, we didn't reach our goal this year. So I think if you don't reach a goal, right, if you're doing your bonuses correctly, then your team's probably not getting bonused out because they didn't meet their goal. Right. If you're bonusing people correctly at the managers, not necessarily service techs, CSRs, office people, and hopefully you're tying it to your budget and your goal, and maybe there's production involved in there or production and profit. So you meet your goal, then they get a piece of the profit over a certain amount. So let's just say you don't meet it or you just meet it. This is the perfect time to sit down with your team and say, we met our goal. We just made it by the nick of our teeth for whatever reason. And now it's a time to really encourage development. When's the last time any of your managers went to a national event? Are you sending them to national events? Are you sending them to events, period? Or are you just letting them go get credits? Are you sending them to non-crediting stuff like management seminars 
or anything educational to grow your business, people seminars, every single hiring website, Glassdoor, Indeed, ZipRecruiter, even non-hiring website, NPMA did two or three part webinar on hiring and how to retain people and even which goes into retention of your customers. We were just reading an article, something about like 70% of employees are not engaged or disengaged at work. That's a pretty scary number, wouldn't you, wouldn't you say? Well, I was just thinking, um, when I, you know, you have this meeting, end of the year meeting, end of the month meeting, whatever it is, and you start discussing what your goal was in the past year, I would go around the table, particularly with the managers, and ask them, what do you think we can do to make it better? And if you hired a good manager, he might tell you some of the things you put in place might not be that good, or he might come up with a, a good idea, or you might find that one employee that will blurt something out. If you go around the table and they don't want to say anything because a lot of them are like, oh, if I say anything, he's not, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. not going to be right. I would give them all a piece of paper and tell them, within the next three days, write down what you think we can do better. And just, you don't even have to sign. And then what I would do is put um, these things that I, I pass out, I would put numbers on the bottom. One, two, three, four, to 33. I would give them out, and I would say, I would go around the table and know who was sitting. So the guy that turned it in, and you weren't going to know his name, number one would go with a name. And the reason you do that is not, not so much to find something wrong, but that one guy that came up with a good idea, you want to single him out and grab him and talk. Or maybe you could just go over the ideas without putting the numbers on the bottom. And if you got one or two good ideas... You have another meeting and say, I got two really good ideas. Who did so this? Because I want to talk to you. You might be in for a promotion. Those are people that, and it might be a guy that you don't think that much of. I don't agree with the numbering because all we really want for, for the company and all this person wants at 33 technicians, three managers, he's probably got about 40 some odd staff members. He really just wants to know a real gauge of his company if he's doing that and how he could do better. I think a way around that is, you could ask who who asked this question, and maybe the person will come forth, maybe they won't. If it's a good question, like you said, and you want to give them credit, or just give the person credit, say, whoever asked this question, I just wanted to say thank you because it made me think about the company. But I do think that's a good way, and I think you do it separately. I think if you have three managers, you have a management meeting, then you let the managers have a meeting with the rest yeah, of your staff. Yeah, that's a good idea. Maybe you're involved, maybe you're not. But I do think that what's missing, is it education? Is it true development? NPMA has a, what is it called? Executive Leadership Program. That if you're a member of NPMA, you can become a part of. It's a two-year commitment, but it'll certainly help you better your your business and your team. So I would definitely say to this person with three managers, maybe you want to send one of your managers, either the one who's doing the best or possibly the one who's doing the worst, and when I say worst, you know, the weakest link, send that person. Everybody I know that's done it has come out and said that it, it's helped their business, and they haven't all been business owners. Some of them have just been managers, regional managers, whatever the case may be. We all hit levels that we've never been at before, right? It could be depending on where you're coming from, but if you started your own business from scratch and all you did was work for somebody before, depending on how much of their business you manage, was it 10 million, 20 million that you manage for them, then that's all you know. For me, all I knew was your business, and I didn't know enough of it, so 
you know, from very early on, a lot of the stuff was new for me. So having somebody who did this, and now we're getting to a point where things are so different from when you were working that for me to get a mentor might not be a bad idea for somebody that's doing 20, 30 million dollars for me to talk to and see what yeah, they did okay. at these levels. Right. You know what I'm saying? I agree. I agree with that. That's recorded, right? That he agrees with me? It's worth the shot. It's worth the shot. All right. So hopefully that answers your question and please feel free to write in and follow up questions. To sum all of that up, I would say to look at the why you only met your goal, possibly develop your managers through mentoring, certainly through you coaching them, but maybe bring on an outside mentor or look in the NPMA mentor, maybe the executive leadership program, which all comes down to development gauge morale in your company through some type of survey or questionnaire and then take the data and, and use it. Like actually go through it and see what your feedback is and use it to, to get to that next level. All right, so Sheehan, here's a question. The electronic ultrasound devices that you plug into your house in the wall and it gets rid of all of the pest environment. Okay. Do so, they work? No. Let me explain. It's a bull muffin device, yeah? Yeah, it's, but let me explain why. It's set to a certain pitch. The ultrasound is set to a certain pitch. And with the revolvement of the earth and with you know, vehicular traffic, whatever, it's going to screw things up. And it's, the pitch is going to change. And what we found happened was that it started to affect people's ears. Their inner ear, it affected their inner ear. And um, because of that, they started slurring their words and they were staggering around. The balance was affected. And we had to go and rip these things out because we did have them in certain places. So we had to rip them all out. Thankfully, we got them out in time before there was any legal consequences. Let me put it that way. What I remember hearing is that there were also, and don't quote me, that there were also studies done to test them where they were in a lab and then they put food up on a table and the rodents jumped up on a table and then they turned the noise on and the rodents jumped off the table. And they did this over and over again until all they had to do was turn the sound on or the ultrasound and the rodents would jump up on the table and wait to be fed, like almost like a Pavlov dog um, reaction effect. I, I'm not aware of that one, but you know what? It, it just, just the thing that it might affect humans, you know, all I see, all I see is a lawsuit. And not only that, if it truly worked, we'd all be out of business and the largest pest control companies out there, or forget about that, the largest venture capitalists would be investing heavy into these things and it would work. But the other part of it too is in a room with no furniture, this sound is able to what? Go everywhere, but once you add furniture, that it bounces no, off. No, yeah, furniture blocks it. It creates pockets it. for all of the pests, rodents, rats, especially, to get around. And where do you find roaches? Are they out in the open, walking around? No, they're hidden behind things that would be hidden from these sounds as well. So our official opinion, and remember, it is opinion, ladies and gentlemen, is that these things are bull muffin. Bull muffin, yes, bull muffin, definitely. This is actually a good question because we talk about this in a couple of episodes. I will be doing a lot of socializing during the holidays, and I don't want to come across as a pushy sales salesman always trying to sell my services. 
What tips do you have for me to mix networking with my everyday life? Yeah, wear a uniform that has your name on it. You should be doing that every day. Uh, what I have found... Wait, wait, listen to the question. He's going to be doing a lot of socializing during the holidays. I don't think a uniform works in this particular... He doesn't want to come across as a pushy salesman, always trying to sell his services, her services, sorry, sell my okay, services. Tell, okay, I, I got, got it. it. I got it. Okay. So I would walk up to somebody and say, am I with so-and-so? And the guy would tell me your name. And so, so what do you do? And hopefully the guy would tell him what he does, and then he could say, oh, I'm in pest control. I mean, that's what I do. How did you get into what you do? They start telling you what they did to get into the time. How you got into the business? Um, I would say that works about 70% of the time for me. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, and I think this, this might be from somebody who has a hard time striking up a conversation, period. Sell your business. Well, the goal of this is to give tips to make them better, Sheehan. Oh. But, I mean, I would say to not come across pushy, don't pull the card out till the very... Till the end of the conversation or the end of the night. You know what? The other thing I'm thinking too is you start talking to them. Whatever you start talking, whatever you bring up, they eventually may say, so what do you do for a living? And the whole thing is when you walk into that room, you got to own the room. What do I mean by that? Walk in like you own the place. Hey, how are you? Oh, man, that's a nice suit you got on. Or if it's a woman, oh, hey, your nails really look nice. Not in a way like, hey, your nails really look nice. You know, you just say it like, oh, wow, your nails really look nice. What do you call that color? Anything to get the conversation going. Once it gets going, just keep it going. And after a while, you know, it's not something you, if you haven't done it, it takes a while to, 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 to get it up to where you're comfortable with it. And how do you do that? You keep doing it and you screw up until you get it right. Well, I think the goal of it, too, is I'm owning a room is not the easiest thing in the world to do. It's a nature versus nurture thing, I think, which is a great debate for everything. I think it could be nurtured and it could become it becomes natural through nurturing, like in my yeah. case. But well, owning a room is very difficult. So for those of you who can't do that, if you have trouble approaching people, make eye contact. And if eye contact lasts long enough for you to either want to look away then walk over, don't look away, walk over and, you know, make a smile, start walking towards them. And that's how you can start a conversation. And I think you have to know your surroundings. If you're just socializing for the holidays or you're at a kid's event or a charity dinner for some kind of family thing, then you got to know what you're doing. But everybody's always selling themselves if they're in their own business. At a non-networking event, I think you need to play it close to the vest, ask questions also. What do you do for a living? Let them what's ask you. What's your name? You. is a good start. Hi, how are you? My name, I'm Ed. What's your name? A lot of people, what you find out, when I first started doing it, I was like terrified. And the first thing I noticed is, shit, they really like that I'm starting up a conversation. You don't want to look like an asshole. Here, take my card. <laughs> no, that's not a good thing to do. No, and you just look, say, hi, how you doing? My name's Ed. In this day and age, hand, I don't personally like handing out my card without getting a card in return or something. And in this day and age, and this is something that I think is going to start to change in the next 10 years, is that I went to an event with the average age was probably 10 years younger than me. Everybody exchanged their social media. Everybody out of 
25 people there, three of us had business cards, but everybody wanted your social media. Well, okay. what's your what's your Instagram? What's your Facebook? Boom, boom, and and we we did it like that. So so that I think that's going to be another that's going to replace the business card at some point. I think there'll still be business cards, but that's going to replace it. But getting back to so this guy, when you're in a networking event, and and for somebody who's shy and it's hard to do this, I recommend going to a ton of networking events because everyone there is there for the same thing. Yeah. And no matter how nervous you are, everyone is expecting, like everyone's nervous of what? Usually rejection, right? Yeah. But in a networking event, the, your odds of being truly rejected are much slimmer than if you want to ask uh, the opposite sex to dance, right? Because yeah, everyone right. knows that's what they're there for. They're there to network and potentially meet somebody who's going to help them in their in their business as well. So I would recommend for you to get, if you want practice, is to just Google networking events in your area. I mean, I personally could go to a networking event every Monday through Thursday. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they, they don't have these scheduled ones, but I can go to one Monday through Thursday. And I would recommend doing that to get your just to hone your skill of selling yourself. So I expect selling yourself. I mean, at yeah. Colony, I built the business on networking. And this right. is what I did. I went, I met people, and just got business. I'm with you, Stinky. I know, I know. It, it, it's, it's an old story. And, you know, no matter who does it, you always say, like, okay, there's, very, there's a lot of similarities um, there, where what I did, what you did, I mean, it's all, you're telling me stuff that you would do, I remember stuff that I did. So it's, it's sort of, you know, it's very similar in a lot of ways, let's put it that way. So, I mean, look, to sum this up, at non-networking events, like non-true networking events, you should steer the conversation at some point towards, so what do you do for a living? with the hopes of that question being asked to you and then tell them what you do and, and where you service and whatever, whatever. And while they're telling you what they do, you're figuring out if they are truly a potential customer for you or if you're just going to enjoy the night with them since you're sitting at the table with them. And you know, what I find out, what I just found out down in Florida, um, you're walking along and somebody's going to stop you. Start talking to you, and that conversation could last a half an hour, and you made a friend that, regardless of whether the guy could help you out in any form, it's just the guy is such a nice guy that you, you just want to know. And yeah, that's got to be something having to do with where you are in life because you, when you're moving and shaking like you were when you were like 40s, 30s, and 40s, I don't know if that was going through your head like this is such a good night, I want to get to know him. Uh, it was more like you know, that little, uh, that little whatever. I won't say. I was the type of guy you either liked or you didn't like, and I didn't really care either way. I mean, of course, I liked if you liked me, but if you didn't like me, I actually kind of liked that too because usually you didn't like me is because I was doing better than you or whatever. I mean, it was, you know, that was a different time. No one was, you know, I wasn't as, um, can I put it and not sound like a jerk? I wasn't as well known then as I am now. 
Ah, excuse me. All right, so let's sum up this question. Socializing during the holidays, I would say if you're at a true at a non-networking event, just be nonchalant about everything and wait till the end to hand out your card, ask about them, tell them about yourself, and then at the end you hit them with, everybody needs this at some point in their life, pest control, hopefully you don't need me, here's my card. Whatever. Well, well, just to back up a little bit, you're right what you say. I've been to a lot of events where I didn't do anything, but I met those same people at two or three events after that, and then they come over like, hey, how you been? So it might take two or three times to, to, to get my card out or get, let them know what I did. The thing is... Um, Never give up. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's like a process. I became an exterminator, and of course, after six months, I was the greatest exterminator in the world, I thought. And um, I'm still learning. So, you, you know, you never stop learning. And it's the same thing with these um, with these uh, networking meetings. I mean, you're going to get better every time you go, because you're going to learn more. And you will run into the same people eventually. And they're going to ask you questions. Right. You know, you, you'll get there. You just got to keep going. All right, so once again, let's sum it up. Networking skills, eye contact is the key. Get eye contact from somebody. I'm going to tell you about hammer. eye contact. Hammer. If you're afraid to make eye contact, look at the bottom of their nose. You're not looking in their eyes, but it looks like you are. I, when I first started speaking, I was very nervous if somebody told me that trick. And believe me, it works. Yeah, but that's a speaking that's a speaking tip, and I think that's a great tip because people feel like you're looking at them, and you don't get you don't get distracted by looking into someone's eyes and getting that distraction. That's that's very good. But what I'm talking about is in a in in an, in a, in a room at a party where somebody you got to make eye contact, and when you make that eye contact for what I would say is long enough where you would normally turn your head, do not turn your head. And walk towards that person and strike a conversation. And like you said, introduce yourself. So make eye contact. Once you go over across the room and start speaking with them, pay attention to your body language as well as their body language. Because their body language could tell you that they're not interested. And listen to what they're saying because that also could tell you that they're not interested. And in a true networking and selling perspective, you want to cut and run from that conversation as quick as possible if your goal there is to sell and get new business. And look, practicing and listening, listening while you're doing it, listening to other people, practicing on other people, um, will just hone your skills and make you better at networking and socializing. The other thing I would tell you is listen more than you talk. Once they're talking, don't, don't interject so quick. Let them finish what they're going to say. And then you can go from there. Don't interrupt like we interrupt each other, right, Hammer? Yeah, well, you and me are special. Well, I think that's <laughs> what they called us exactly. Thanksgiving is this week. Yeah, yeah. What are you thankful for? I'm thankful that my kids are doing well and good health. I'm thankful that um, I had a pleasant year, did a lot of traveling with my friend Iris. I saw a lot of the world. And uh, I'm thankful that Ellen um, McCarthy's taking care of my money. And I'm taking care of some of myself, you know. Yeah. Now, what are you thankful for? I don't know. You're not getting away. What are you oh, thankful for? I'm thankful that my circle is getting smaller and stronger. What kind of circle? My, my circle of people. My, my close circle that used to be larger than it needed to be is shrinking but becoming stronger at the same time. Dropping 
dead weight and add in quality people to it. Uh, in all aspects, in business. I'm still in that circle, right? right? Yeah, in business, in business and in family. I'm thankful for the kids. I'm thankful for everybody, you know, being healthy and doing well. And I'm thankful that 2018 is almost over to see what 2019 has to uh, to give. But yeah, I'm thankful, you know, for all the normal good stuff for, for my family and friends. And I am, though, like that thing about my circle getting smaller and, and stronger, I am thankful for because it just makes life easier. So you're dropping the dead wood. I got it. Yeah. All right, so Shane, you'll be interested to hear in this uh, Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving Eve is the is one of the biggest travel dates for um for airlines. American Airlines, they're no longer accepting emotional support animals of these kind. Insects, goats, hedgehogs, ferrets, <laughs> yeah. spiders, chickens, and hawks. Well, you know, what, what am I going to do, do now? now? I got I, my, my pet roach, and I can't bring him on the plane. They let somebody on with that cow off an excuse. I mean, give me a break. I mean, but you can't make this stuff up, right? No, um, you can't. Insects, hedgehogs, spiders, chickens as an emotional support animal. A hawk. I remember this TV show. I forget the name of the TV show. But it was, it was about New York City, and the thing was, there's 8 million stories in the big city, and this is just one of them. And it went from one ludnik, I'm being kind, to the next. And you just, you just, you just wonder how so it's, it's crazy. Live. Uh, how, how do they survive on a daily basis? I don't know. It's almost amazing, like, what they have to highlight. So unclean animals or animals with an odor are banned as well. However, miniature horses remain okay so long as they're properly trained as service animals. Where are they putting a miniature horse? Uh, Joey, Joey, this is not our problem, so let's move on, okay? <laughs> let's just leave it at this, all right? I'm going to have Grandma sum it up to you. Suffering, Jesus. Yeah, I mean, listen, that's what I just... But what does that say? The use of such animals on flights has ballooned. Uh, the use of such animals on flights has ballooned in recent years said American Airlines. Between 2016 and 2017, the number of customers transporting service or support animals aboard their plane rose by more than 40%. So, I mean, I guess that makes sense, right? It, none of it makes sense to me. If you're on your flight to Russia and the person next to you has a chicken. Yeah. That's more likely to happen on a flight to Puerto Rico. <laughs> Hammerhead is probably more likely to happen on a flight to Russia or from Russia. They bring their lucky no. chicken from, from where was that favorite town you went to with all the hot women? Uglitch? Yeah, Uglitch. But seriously, That's if you got on a flight true. and the person next to you had a chicken in like the dog carry case on a nine hour flight, go. What would I, what would I do? You're asking me what would I do? Yeah. I would, I would utter one word. Security! <laughs> That's how I would handle that. <laughs> I have a funny story. I don't remember where I was coming back from. But, like, I saw this uh, parent and child that probably had a combined weight of 700 pounds, right? And, I, like, I see them in the TSA line, and then I'm like, I know they're not, not going to be on my plane. They're not going to be on my plane. Then they're on my plane, and then I'm walking down the aisle. They're in my row. I squeeze in to the side of them, right? And I'm like, I can't believe I got a four-hour flight like this right now, right? 
I'm in the wrong seat. I was so nervous about sitting next to Tweedledum and Tweedledee that I instead of 14, I was 14A, and I went into 14, whatever it was, F, on the other side of the plane. Some skinny dude comes down. He's like, oh, I think you're in my seat. And I was like, all right. <laughs> oh, my seat's over there. And he was like, no, I'll take your seat. I said, no, 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 no. I'm good, spider. I'll take that seat. If, if you're, you're traveling, traveling with, with another person, you but you but you want to book a seat at the back of the plane because nobody they're the last seats to get taken. You if it's A B C, you book seat A and seat C, and usually nobody wants to sit in between. It's worked every time so far. All right. We got we got a middle seat between us, but I would always get them. You know, and I listen. I got my ticket to Orlando. Thank you. On the way back, I'm sitting. There's a guy at the window reciting the Quran, or whatever it is. Quran. Yeah, yeah, that thing. So I'm like, yeah, right. I just got to watch him looking under my seat, making believe I'm, you know, getting checking for my life vest, making sure there wasn't a bomb under the seat. Right. And he starts praying. I got no problem with that. And then this other fat person. Sits next to me, and like he's got his arm over my thing, and then I put the arm down, you know, arm rest. I put it down. He goes, "What are you doing?" I go, "I'm keeping you on your side of the seat." Oh well, well, well you know, it's kind of tight. You should have bought two seats. <laughs> he gave me a look, but then he didn't talk to me the rest of the flight. I had, Such but still, you know, it's kind of creepy. Anyway, the good news was it was a two-hour flight, so problem solved. This is Ed Sheen from Colony Confidential. Thanking you for listening in. I hope you uh, got some information. If you need further information, please let us know. Confidential at gmail.com. We look forward to your comments and your questions. And to all of you, Mr. and Mrs. America and the ships at sea, have a great Thanksgiving and God bless you. I want to wish everybody a very happy Thanksgiving. Don't forget what you're thankful for. Remember it every day. Take a look at our updated website colonyconfidential.com and the phone number is 917-765-0714. Hope you enjoy this episode and a very happy Thanksgiving to everyone listening.